Welcome to the Positive You Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive you. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. This week, we're exploring our positive attitude at work. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. This week's mission was to identify a stressor in your life that is most likely to lead to negative thinking. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? Well, as you know, I was going to joke and say my stressor was people. <laughs> I think it's everybody's but stressor. But I'm not going to. It's truth. Um, so it is sort of people, but not in the kind of snarky way that that would imply. Uh, no, it is um, one stressor that I identified that uh, will lead to that negative thinking is comparing myself to others. I have um, just in sort of getting into uh, a new job, into a new routine, acclimating, just trying to figure out my place. I think I've, um, you know, started looking at well, how are other people doing this? And not even just at work, but just in my life in general, coming out of COVID and trying to get back into some sort of normalcy, just like feeling a little bit like I don't, not that I, I'll say, I feel a little bit like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so just comparing uh, myself and in that comparison, of course, assuming that the people I'm comparing myself to are doing it perfectly or doing it well, which may or may not be the truth, I have found that, yeah, that can very quickly lead to negative thinking. And so this, uh, with this mission, the goal was to just catch myself doing that. I didn't have to do anything after that. I just needed to catch it so that I could become aware of it uh, and then eventually start working on uh, some reframing after, you know, having the experience of the catch. How about for you? It's interesting. I, at first I thought I had forgotten to do the mission. I really did. And then I went, uh, no, actually in therapy, you've been deliberately talking about all of your anxiety triggers, which is mm. exactly this mission. It's so funny mm -hmm. how it happens exactly in mm -hmm. time. And of course, there's the natural stressors of you know, food and circumstance and whatnot. But the ones that I've been focusing on have been my thoughts. What thoughts do I have about the world that actually trigger stress and cause me to think negatively? And it's a lot of thoughts that just aren't true and that don't serve me anymore. The biggest one is this, my thoughts usually stem from a need to control or a fear of being judged. And so the trigger is usually me feeling like it's up to me to make sure everything goes right. And then I'm stressed. And then I have negative thoughts about the people who won't do what I think they should do in order for this all to go right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I'm doing, uh, and there's many thoughts. I've actually made a list of those moments where I'm most judgmental and I'm most seeking control because it usually stems from my belief that I need to make sure everything works out because I don't believe things are going to work out or that I'm going to be judged or misunderstood, thus leading me to not have my needs taken care of, right? So what I've been doing yeah. is working on ways to reassure myself that everything works out and that it's not up to me. It's not up to me to solve this problem. It's not up to me to make all these things right. And the more I can lean into that in the moment, that moment where I feel that judgment, where I feel that stress come in, where that negative thinking, literally those things happen in a split second, Brianna. And it's okay if I don't catch it at that exact second, because the great thing about negativity and a bad mood and stress is that it just, when not dealt with, it just mm -hmm. kind of hangs out there uh, until you notice it. So that's what I've been doing. Hmm. I like that. And I like what you said about, um, you know, the need to control things, but then coming to that realization uh, that that's not actually true. And that I feel like so much of my own positive work or positivity work or working on my attitude, I guess, has just been coming to some sort of realization of, you know, what is the truth of this situation so that I can figure out how to react or be in it uh, in a more effective uh, in a more effective way and I feel like that's a little bit um, you know that can be very uh, 
present or a very uh, key thing when we're talking about our positive attitude at work, which is all we're going to be talking about this week is positive attitude at work. So when, when we think of that or when we talk about that, Christy, what does that look like for you? <laughs> this is an interesting one because I, you know, when we, we decided we're going to do this topic, the first thing I said was, I don't have a job. Um, and mm-hmm. I have a business and I do have a job and I have a side hustle and I work alone in a room, but this has been a challenge for me. That's actually how you and I met was we did the mm-hmm. positivity fest on a job that we were both at and we were having a lot of negative feelings. As a matter of fact, I think that was the last full-time job I ever had was that mm. job because I literally cracked under pressure. I ended up being put on short-term disability for anxiety because I had a lot of stress around that and I, there was a lot of stress and negativity surrounding that. And I really mm-hmm. appreciated the positive things that we put into place. I, I'll always remember being in college as a journalism major, being put into groups where we're supposed to critique each other's work. And mm-hmm. let's just say I wasn't, there was a particular person who really wasn't, in my opinion, a very good writer. And I was trying to have been kind about it, but she kept Regardless, I became unkind quickly. Let's just say circumstances <laughs> made that happen. Um, or I should say my inability to deal with the stressor of not being or feeling like I was being judged and misunderstood uh, made me less than a happy person to work with. So my college professors, there was two at the time, pulled me out into the hall and they were like, Murphy, um, what's going on? And I explained to them, you know, everything that was wrong with her. <laughs> and um, suggested that maybe I could be in another group, like one with just them. And Mm -hmm. uh, they said, uh, listen, Murph, uh, she is going to learn about writing from you and you're going to learn how to work with people. Get in there. (laughs) And so when I think about having a positive attitude at work, um, it is something that I could use a lot of I can take a lot of opportunities to be more positive about it. It is definitely a weak point for me. And um, I'm very excited to talk about it in concept. My execution has been spotty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I think the positive at, you know, the positive attitude at work is, it is something that I, just come to really appreciate and value because, you know, in part, we spend so much time there. Um, And if you, you know, I feel like no matter what your job is for most people, it, it has a relatively decent amount of stress, which can, you know, lead to that negative, more negative attitude, a cynical attitude, which I feel like, you know, I just had an opportunity at work on Friday to talk about the Positivity Fest and, and what brought it about. And what I remember was, or how I described it was, um, you know, we worked in this space that was great. I mean, we worked with some really good people. The work was, I mean, to me, the work was fun. It was interesting. Uh, and in the office couldn't have been more laid back, right? And yet, uh there was still this sort of, and, and I think it might have been a little bit of a product of the time. I mean, it was the early 2000s, and it feels like cynicism was just kind of the cool thing to do uh, and just to kind of find fault uh, with things, even when they're fine, <laughs> maybe not perfect or, or awesome, but fine. Um, and I do feel like what led us to that was that feeling of just like a general blech. And, and what was once a fun job and being around fun, fun, you know, kind, awesome people just started to become real complainy, always with the complaining. And that just doesn't feel good. And it makes even the best job when you're talking about your attitude at work, it make, makes even the best job so much harder, much more difficult, and eventually feeling like you just don't really want to be there. And so I appreciate the work that we did back then to change those habits to to stop the sort of knee jerk or almost um like 
the complaining that just comes without thought. Now, I'm not saying that if there are things wrong that you say nothing. That's absolutely not what I'm talking about. I This is very much just like the complaining for the complaining sake and then just feeling it bring down the whole atmosphere of your space. So really the positive, to me, positive attitude at work means that on balance, more times than not, I am going to find something that I like and something that I can latch on to about being in this space so that it makes my days, it makes my days feel like, well, feel positive. I mean, I guess in the easy, in a simple sense, but it makes my days feel like I'm accomplishing something, that I'm connecting with people, that I have a purpose and that I am no matter what the task is that i'm i'm grateful to be there and to be doing it i think that's what the positive attitude at work helps helps me with i think definitely but again let me just say that doesn't mean that work is sunshine and rainbows all the time it just means that when it, when again i'm balanced that i know that my attitude plays a huge part in how I'm perceiving what I'm doing, how I'm perceiving who I'm working with, and my interest and desire to be there. Absolutely. It's interesting. The hope behind being positive at work is that, especially in an American culture, but I think in a lot of cultures around the globe, we spend so much of our hours at work. And if we can figure out a way to be more positive at work, our whole lives are more positive. The problem has always been for me, uh, you joked earlier about people, but Brianna, people. Um, there were a number of people at that, there was one partic- one dude in particular that uh, I remember vexed us both, but vexed me more when you left and I realized later, oh, now I know what she was talking about because you, you had to work with him more closely. Um, that dude was a negative dude. And there was also some crazy management decisions that were happening that really mm-hmm. I disagreed with. And one of the things that had been so challenging for me was to turn away from the irritation that everything would be perfect if these people would just stop, right? This need to think that mm-hmm. if they were only different, everything would be cool. If only this one thing was different, everything would be cool because it's a trap. Because mm-hmm. life isn't perfect. Um, and the issue became for me, um, here's one of the, here, here's one solution that almost nobody can take, but the world forced me to take. You leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just quit that job and you never go back to working a full-time job again. That was my solution for that. Like <laughs> I just, I literally, I work in a room alone. There are some stressors that I have that I could talk about later that I can talk about how I'm positive before about them. But one of the things I think the thing currently for me that allows me to be positive about my work is that I have a lot more control. And I think Mm -hmm. that is inherently one of the things that, that, that makes it a challenge is that there's an impotence regarding your environment and the people in that environment and the rules and the environment in which things are done that can get in the way of being positive. And the, mm-hmm. the key for me, it was just, I am, I remember distinctly, I lost it when I got your, no, I got a, like an assistant job or some sort of clerical job. I went from being an investigator to some sort of office thing. And I was supposed to file all the folders, but I kept reading all the folders and they all had errors. And so I kind of turned into, all I remember is, do you remember Leo DiCap- Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator when he was playing Howard Hughes and he was just like surrounded with jars of his own urine, like he's being crazy. Um, That was me in that office, not urine, but just folders with sticky notes with all of the errors, which by the way, wasn't my job. I was just Mm -hmm. supposed to print the papers, put the papers in the folder, put the folder in the cabinet. That was my job, Brianna, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I was so consumed with things that were none of my business. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I explained this to my psychiatrist, I've recently been, diagnosed with ADHD. And I told him the time that I ended up being put on disability for anxiety was that uh, I couldn't do the filing 
basically. <laughs> and he said, ooh, bad match. Like, that was his first, mm. that was his first reaction was bad match yes mm -hmm. no don't do that don't do that um and so my first thing to start with is if you are inherently a bad match for your environment solution one it's the it's the solution that's going to work you got to figure out your escape plan there, there mm -hmm. is your time's ticking your your life your entire life will be different when you find an environment that you can work at that is more of a match so you can have a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's, yeah, absolutely. The figuring out that space where it is, like figuring out where you fit, uh, that can be such a challenging, uh, that can be so challenging professionally, especially if there are things that you really want to do and you, excuse me, and you get into it and you, it's not what you thought. I think that it can be very difficult then, you know, it can be very difficult to admit to yourself that perhaps as much as you wanted this thing, it's not what you expected. And to be able to maintain some sort of healthy or positive attitude, the you may have to explore do I belong here and do I need to be somewhere else? Now, having said that, I know that sometimes that's just not an option for people. Some people, for some of us, we just, we have to have a job and because we've got bills to pay and we, sometimes we just have to take the one that's there, that's there and available to us. And I a hundred percent get that. I have been in that situation. And I think at that point, then that for me, that took a little bit more mental work to be able to try to find some sort of positive, some sort of positive feature of that role or that job so that I could stay positive or at least again, on balance, be positive at work because I didn't have another choice. You know, I, I think about, um, I, I guess I say that just so that people, you know, that there is that understanding that I, we can't always leave. Um, but if we can, uh, and we, we find, and we can find that thing that is feels like a little bit better of a fit, you are absolutely right. We need to be looking at that not only um, for our attitude, but also, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound terrible maybe, but like for the people around us as well, because I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind that I try to keep in mind is that my positive attitude or my attitude in general is going to have an effect on every single person around me. And it's not fair uh, to the folks who are just coming in to do their work or to do a job they love, especially to do a job they love. And there's me there. And I don't really want, if I don't really want to be there, I'm kind of bringing it all down and making it worse for people. And so just keeping that in mind that, um, as you said, if it's not the right fit, that then really taking a look at that and thinking about then what else, you know, what do I need to do to get me to a different spot? I think the other thing I wanted to mention about that was, that's very similar to that is expectations and having like really digging in and doing it regularly to say, if I'm, if I'm having a negative attitude at work, or if my attitude is kind of suffering, really looking at what is my expectation of how I can operate or how I can be in this space. Because I find sometimes when I uh, am having a challenge with my attitude, uh, it's because I think, as you said, um, I think things should be different than they are, and then they are ever going to be. And I do feel like from my own experience, particularly in like a manager or a leader role, I feel like I have seen people be very dissatisfied and sort of like maybe even blame the organization for or, or whomever for their experience not being a good one. 
but the experience that they're looking for is never going to happen in that space because of the kind of organization is, because of the industry that it is, because of the team they happen to be working with. So I think just looking at things like, do I have an accurate picture of what is happening or do, are my expectations matching reality goes a long way in helping to have a positive, again, my experience, having realistic expectations can go a long way to having a positive attitude at work. Yes, I agree with that. I will say I've wasted a lot of time in my life and and I learned to not do this as often or as long when I'm constantly saying how things should be, when I'm when I'm imagining how it ought to be. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to take the steps that it would take to remedy the situation or to do what I need to do because I shouldn't have to do that. I have now effectively pushed myself into a stalemate. I'm a child holding their breath, waiting to keel over. It is not going to work out well for me. Um, And I started to ask myself this question, which is, do you want to wait for it to be different or do you want to get what you want? And Mm. I remember distinctly someone arguing they wanted to, to pursue a career in acting and I was trying to, you know, explain that it's not just about this and this, that there is, you know, you know, send out your postcards, keep in track and like, you know, my talent should blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, yes, I understand that you have that belief. Um, but do you want to just wait until that works, even though it hasn't in the 40 years you've been around, or do you want to get what you want? And they were like, well, I, oh, there was a question. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to get what you want? Mm. Because, and he's like, well, what if what I want most is to be right? And I said, well, um, enjoy that then. Is that, is that, is that getting you what? Okay. All right. Well, um, mm-hmm. you're right. You win. Ta-da. Like, are you happy? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Now you still want what you want. So my point being, when you're thinking about a coworker or even somebody in your family that you work with, right? Like, so it gets really complicated. You have to ask yourself, do I spend a lot of time thinking if only they would be, oh, I don't know, not them, right? Then I'll be okay. You're, you're in it. You're in it. Acceptance is key. And I will also say, I don't really... (laughs) Okay, let me just play devil's advocate. Uh, I don't care how your attitude affects other people at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, I do to a certain extent. I don't want to offend people. I'm not a rude person by nature, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not what genuinely... Well, actually, my fear of being judged is what motivates me to act right, Brianna. But do I... But that's only because I care about the repercussions that come onto me because of that, right? Mm -hmm. My point being, the positive attitude is a reward in and of itself. And if you're having a hard time doing it at your work, there's a couple things that are really important. If you cannot leave your job, don't ask yourself, can I leave? Ask yourself, how can I leave and when? Okay. And mm-hmm. it could take a while, but you need knowing that there, I'm waiting for my moment. The difference between I have to endure this or I am enduring this until I wait for my moment because nothing is ever forever. Nothing is ever forever. Even jobs I thought I could never leave. I'm not there anymore. It changes. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. You'll die one day. It won't be there. My point <laughs> being, so just remember you're enduring for now. And then a really key thing that I needed to learn to do is I needed to devalue. If if my workplace and the people I'm working with wanted me to operate in a way that wasn't my best, but that is what they truly wanted, I needed Mm. to find another part of my life to put my best and I just give Mm -hmm. them what they asked for. And Mm. so I have to devalue my job and not look at my job, especially if it's a job that you're not a fit for. Don't look at that job as your career, your life, your work, who you are, especially in America. You think you are your job. You are not your job. Mm -hmm. If they only reward this type of thinking and you're keeping, you keep trying to give them more, but they won't let you stop. Mm-hmm. Or they're not revaluing you for it. They'll just take it and act like you didn't give them anything. Stop. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's hard to hear. <laughs> not going to lie. That is 
hard to hear. <laughs> He's actually talking uh, about me at Marksman. <laughs> I know you I are. just said the name. Oh well, whatever. I know, but like it is, it is, uh, it is that that it's true. I mean, it it is very accurate that there that can be one of the things that really makes it challenging to be positive at work or to, um. Yeah, to be positive at work or to have that positive attitude about what you're doing is if it feels like you're not being valued. And I think, you know, I am sure that everybody has had that experience where you're trying to do your best and you think, you know, surely this should be enough. And it feels like either you're as you said, your efforts aren't being seen or aren't being, you know, they're only taking so much of your effort and paying attention to so much and you're going above and beyond and it feels like no one's, no one cares. That can be very challenging. And I think it, it does, I've been in that, that space as well. Um, or that space of where you have, unbelievable expectations are are out there and you are moving mountains and and rivers uh you're moving all the all the things and it's treated as if you you know just walk down the street or something i'm that's a terrible metaphor but essentially it's you're going above and beyond and it's not it's not valued that can be really challenging to continue to go day after day and feel like I'm positive about what, what I'm doing. I think when I've been in those spaces, then I've had to really think about, I've had to really think who, who do I need to value this work? And for me, the answer is I need to value the work. I need to know that I'm doing my best and I need to know that I'm, I'm, I am, doing all that I can to meet my responsibilities, to, you know, help people, help those around me, whatever. And I feel like finding a way to, to, even in the face of, you know, not getting external validation, finding a way to, you know, have it come from me has been very helpful for helping me to have that positive attitude because then what happens similar to what you were talking about before is when I'm like, isn't anybody gonna, isn't anybody gonna care what I'm doing here? And my attitude starts to wane, then I know I have to be like, well, this is the space and this is what they're willing to give me. So I need to decide, do I stay here or not? And honestly, that just being able to ask myself that question, like, this is what they're, this is what this space is capable of giving me. Do I want to stay and keep doing this? And sometimes the answer has been no. More often it's yes, because I like what I'm doing. Um, You know, if I like what I'm doing, then it's like, oh yeah, I don't, I can, I can value this and I will keep doing this. And at the point at which it feels like it's no longer, worth it or if it feels like I can't be positive about what I'm doing or I can't be positive about the kind of the space in the environment or atmosphere that I'm doing it then I'll move on and I know now I feel like I've (laughs) now that I'm going into my third quarter I feel like I've been working long enough to know that I've got plenty of skills and abilities so that if I need to move on to something different I can do that and that has that has helped so much in being able to be positive about what I'm doing, even when, even if the positive, even if the positivity or if my attitude's a little bit lower on that scale. Yes, I totally agree. It's interesting. You can do your best at work, but sometimes, and listen, if there's a way you like to work, that is your best and you can enjoy that and be positive about that contribution. Hold on to that. There may be pressure for you to do things in a different way. And if that pressure just refuses to relent and you're forced to conform, my thinking is this, recognize that that now the, 
the job that you're being made to do as opposed to the work that you would prefer to do. Let's say you're in customer service and they've scheduled you in a way that you can't actually give every customer the service you know you could give if you had more time. You have to, in your mind, recognize that that now is the, the work, the environment they've created and the job that they've decided, like you get this much time with the customer, that is now your new best. It hurts sometimes to think, I'm not doing my best, so you feel bad about yourself. But recognize that in the constraints that you're in, that is your best. It's not being withheld. And in that instance where you don't feel valued and what you're great at, you're not allowed to share with the world, look for ways to do that outside of your job. Mm-hmm. The thing about not being valued at work, I think it's one of the it's one of the easiest ways to not be positive because I feel personally that there are many jobs that I was at and that I see many people are in jobs where they aren't valued where they need to, to which I say, you need to value you then. Invest in yourself. Invest in a hobby you enjoy. Remind yourself that you're doing this for the money. Take the energy that you were trying to put into your job and put it into yourself. If you don't feel valued at work, remember, you value you. I value me. I can do this I can put this energy into my family. I'll do the job as prescribed and I'll remember the money that I'm getting from this job. The, you know, what bit of customer service that I can do within the confines that they give me or whatever it is that they have that I provide, I can feel good about that. But if there is no way to make someone value you, you value you. You give yourself the best. You do the best for you. And that'll allow you to accept your workplace for what it is. And I highly believe the more you invest in yourself, the more you'll find other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic advice. I love it. And advice I'll say, you've given me more than once. <laughs> So it's wonderful. Um, I think, but it's true. It, I mean, you know, we, we talk all the time and I've, you know, as I had to make some choices about the different things that I was doing, uh, those are, I mean, that's exactly advice that you've shared and, and it's, it's very valuable and, and much appreciated. I like to, you know, another way that I try to influence <laughs> I think that I try to influence my attitude and my experience at work is if something's not working, then I will do my darndest to improve it or change it. Now, that doesn't always work. But I will say just the act of trying, even if sometimes all I can do is tell someone, hey, this isn't this isn't quite working right. I think we should look into it and not going to lie. A lot of times people just don't pay attention and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then nothing happens. But I do feel like it's sort of a see something, say something. And that at least lets me know that I've, I've done something. I've made some kind of contribution to making uh, an improvement in my space. I think I've been able uh, to make in different places that I work, you know, one of the things I tell people when I interview is like, I just like to make things work and make them work more efficiently. People like to hear that, I guess, but I feel like I've got the experience to back it up. And, and being able to do that is what helps me have a very positive attitude at work. And so if there are things that aren't working and you do have the, the space or the influence, um, the support to even make small improvements in your, in your workspace, in your work team, uh, in your tasks or how you have to do them, that just being able to have that kind of influence can be really a a real bolster to attitude. Again, I'll speak for myself, for me, and knowing that I'm doing what I can to make this a little bit better or, and, and that doesn't even have to be something that's bad. I mean, even if things are working well, I tend to think that there could you know, there could always be a little bit of improvement. Um, now that doesn't mean I'm out there changing things willy nilly, but if, if there's something that could be better, let's try to make it better. And I just, um, I appreciate having been 
in different roles, having, you know, come across different leaders who are very into that and very supportive of that. And uh, even again, if it doesn't go the way I think it's going to go, if I don't, even if people don't really respond, at least I've done something. And that from a professional and and a work kind of standpoint, just makes all the difference in how I view my contribution, my experience, and how my attitude is. I love that you brought that up because my initial reaction to a lot of work, and I think it's because I was born to work for myself. I believe I work best (laughs) that way. Uh, You know, my brain automatically goes to figure out how to quit your job. Like literally that is my first solution. And it's been the one that's worked out best for me. But I recognize Mm. that there's actually been jobs that I enjoyed where I was able to affect some change, where I empowered myself, where I did have suggestions and I got involved. So the first step, I think, I think I'm going to jump the gun. First step is try to be more invested in your work and making the environment better. And you know, that's where I initially went. Now, if you're in an environment where that isn't nourished or supported, you know, then go into some of my more drastic solutions, right? Where it's basically, um, I think the kids are calling it quiet quitting, Brianna, but I actually just think it's doing the job they're paying you for. But that's a whole other story. My point being, yes, affect change. And also just on the daily, right? One, remember what you're working for. If it is ultimately to help a customer or to help um, a person or to get an idea out into the world or you're in healthcare, so it's to you know help the overall health and well-being of the population in your area that you serve right like remember that core thing so that mm-hmm. when you're dealing with like little tiny bits of baloney i was going to say bs you know it's easier to remember okay when i go to jury duty and i i had jury duty i had to call in all last week but they didn't actually the way it works here is you you sign in you check the website and then they tell you if you go and then you sit in the jury pool and decide if you get picked. But I didn't even need to go and sit in the courthouse. But what I always say when I do that is I am sitting around and waiting in halls for justice. Like I Mm -hmm. remind myself that this tedious process is my part as a citizen. So I like call myself citizen Murphy. And I remember that this is an important part of the process. And I'm, I am glad to be able to contribute because it is a gift. And I think keeping the higher purpose at the top of mind when you go into work can allow you to deal with the tediousness of some meetings and some odd managerial choices that you may be up against. (laughs) And just remember, I am responding to these DMs and teams for the greater health of the whatever people. (laughs) Type, type, type. Tippity tap tap. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) I love that. I love it. I love it. Because one amazing way to um, (laughs) support positive attitude at work is, as you are sharing, make it fun. and. That makes me think of, I love what I do. I love being a nurse. It is, I just, I do truly love it. But honestly, best job I ever had was working at Blockbuster Video. (laughs) Talk about being able to make stuff fun. And like in that time, my higher purpose was to connect people with the exact right movie they needed to see. And I loved it. It was wonderful. Or like my friends that I worked with at the time, joked about how fun inventory night was you know uh stores closed you're watching videos you're watching stand up whatever and you're just like shooting videos bing 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 with your little scanner and it was amazing but finding ways to make things fun as much as you can right uh really helps when we had that job together my my role uh was to you know coordinate investigators and then gather their evidence, write their reports, and send it off to the client, which I I really enjoyed. Uh, but I gave it a little extra, <laughs> a little extra kind of oomph of fun because you know at the time CSI was huge, and so I'd pretend that I was like CSIing it and wrapping it all up because it was going to be a you know very important court case. It wasn't. 
by the way. Uh, but it just made it fun. And I, I, I don't know. I just find that that definitely helped too. If I could make something fun, even on the worst day, if I could find something that helped that, uh, or, 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 you know, dipped into that, it was awesome. And I know one of the things, again, when we worked in that space together, aside from the positivity fest, one of the things that we did, um, was we would do like an afternoon meditation, which was again, just so indicative of that space, which was great. But just again, finding a way to take a little bit of a break so that, you know, give the brain a rest, give the stress a rest if that was happening and just find a way to sort of recenter or, you know, kind of, um, what's the word? Um, shuffle the attitude a little bit and come out a little bit with either the fun or the meditation, come out a little bit more positive, especially on those days when it was maybe a little bit challenging. Absolutely. I really do think that there are ways to make my, my favorite job that I ever had was, but it speaks to me being alone was a graveyard shift parking lot cashier. <laughs> I remember at a, at a Marriott in, 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 in Sino because I worked alone. They had internet and I felt like people were paying me to write my books. What was amazing is at that interview, you had to tell a little bit about yourself. And I said, Oh, I'm a writer. Uh, and they were looking for people to work Friday and Saturday nights. And normally that's the kind of job that a teenager would have, you know, a young person would have. So they want to be out on Fridays and Saturdays. But my guy works in the grocery business. So Fridays and Saturday nights off are not the nights you get off, you know? So I was like, I definitely want to work Fridays and Saturdays. The guy literally ran up to me and said, Hey, you could probably write your book in the booth. And I remember thinking, that's why I applied for this job, but I didn't know I could be open about it. You know, it was amazing. <laughs> and so I do find that like, Looking for pockets in the job that you can enjoy, even I remember distinctly, I worked at Beat Alton Books and I love books, but sometimes customers were very, I feel like when customers get near food or their heads are near cash registers, like their mind just goes crazy. And so people just unload on you. I don't know if they still do that, but that was like a completely normal thing to do circa 1986 to like 99 when I worked retail. Like people were just allowed to scream at cashiers. Do they do that still? Let me know. Uh, feel free to write us. But what I, loved about that job besides the books of course was at one of the malls I went to there was a Macy's and they had a lunch counter and I remember seeing like old movies where Natalie Wood worked at Macy's and would have her lunch at the lunch counter and mm -hmm. I would make it a point to once a week to sit there and just imagine and then I think Steve Martin even had a movie called Shop Girl and I was like I'm like a character in a movie and there is something to that that does make things fun and then finding a few coworkers that you actually genuinely enjoy and I remember we were starting the largest uh, condiment packet collection in the world I don't know if you remember, we had that big, were you mm -hmm. around for that? We had the, oh, yeah. the bo wa bottled waters and we were shoving them in there. And it was just something to, to pass the time. Um, and I remember one of our supervisors being like, what are you doing? And we're like, this is the, we're, we're starting the largest condiment, office condiment packet in the world collection. And he was like, get back to work. And then <laughs> literally two hours later, he's pushing soy sauces into the mm -hmm. condiment packet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh -huh. that's still one of my happier memories. So general mayhem and just ridiculousness um, can absolutely help get 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 through the day. You just mm -hmm. pretend like you're in that TV show, The Office. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just randomly look over to where a camera should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like, can you believe they said that? Uh, uh -huh. But it could work. <laughs> it could work. I think you very much touched on uh, something. And just the, the last point I think I'll make for this one, but it is uh, the environment. And so one of the things that's going to influence my attitude is absolutely environment and sort of that space in that team maybe that you're working with and really looking at, well, am I a person who would prefer to work alone in a room or am I a person who really needs people around me, but not just people who are kind of, do I need people around me or, and, or do I need people around me who are really working as a team? And I think being able to figure out some of those parts or some of those things or the, those, um, 
those uh, things that you need in that way goes a long way to help the attitude. Like right now, I progressively went from working in a team to essentially working almost by myself in a room. And it is hard. <laughs> like I appreciate the, you know, the quiet and the ability to really concentrate, especially when I need to really be writing and doing some different things. But it's hard to not have that camaraderie with people that stop by just to chat uh, or I can, you know, just to go and see somebody and, and have a, you know, how are you doing or how are things or whatever. That's really challenging. And so I have to recognize that that can sometimes have a, you know, have an effect uh, on my my attitude about work or even, you know, even just my mood at work. Other part of that is then as well, like what about uh, looking at your actual physical environment and figuring out, okay, well, how is this physical environment affecting my attitude and my mood at work and my wanting to be here? And a lot of times, right, we don't always have very specific control over what office we get or where we sit or that type of thing. But if we can, if, if we can find a way to make whatever space we get into our own or find a way to make it as comfortable as it can be, that can go a really long way in helping attitude. I know I have spent the last probably, let's see, three years uh, in professional limbo. Like I got into my previous job and almost right away they're like, "Mm, we're going to abolish this job. We don't know when, but it's going to happen. So essentially I spent a little under two years, just kind of like, ah, I don't know what's going on. But I found a way like in that moment, for as long as I was in that space, or as long as I was in that job, I had to figure out, okay, how can I be comfortable here, even with this uncertainty? Same thing now. Got into a new job, got into my space, was getting ready to like really make it mine and comfortable. And it was like, oh, you're going to have to move. Yep, we don't know when, but just know that you're going to move soon. Now it's been six months and and I think things are finally moving, but I had to figure out how to make myself as comfortable as I could be or or find a way to make the actual physical space that I walked into every day comfortable for me so that I could do the work that I needed to do so that I come into work and have a positive or or <laughs> some days just even just getting it to be a neutral attitude, but so that I could work and do what I needed to do. Do you need light? Do you prefer it to be dark? I know I have um, have had a number of coworkers who can't handle like fluorescent and LED lights, so they like it dark and you walk in and it's like, it's like a cave in here. Um, certain smells freak people out or make it very difficult to be comfortable and have a positive attitude at work. But just really looking at these actual physical features of where we are, noise. Do you need it quiet? Do you work best with a little bit of low-level background noise? Can you work in a space like a hospital unit that has beeps and alarms and so much talking <laughs> and noise? Can you, you know, can you do your can you do your best work in these spaces? But these are all things that really go to or or can play rather are factors that can play into what our attitudes are at work. Thinking about that place that we worked together, it was just kind of like a prefab. Well, it wasn't prefab, but it felt that sort of mod office space, real generic. And so, you know what? We lobbied our <laughs> CFO to say, can we get a little bit of a budget to do some decorating? And we just did some things like we got a handful of posters at Ikea and some red and gold paint and, and you know, put some stuff up and it just, I don't know, to me, it made a difference to walk in and have a little color and some, you know, pictures of flowers on the wall. It just made it a little, I don't know, it just, it, it made a difference. And so finding those things that we can do if possible in our physical space that are going to help us out, do we, you know, pictures of our families, pictures of our pets, pictures of your favorite sports teams, whatever it might be. Is there a way to make your physical environment at work work for your positive attitude? Absolutely. I do think there's a poem, the uh, rhyme of the ancient mariner 
basically this guy it's the where people say like an albatross around my neck this guy like shoots a bird for no reason and then he's like doomed to like have this albatross like around his neck uh that that is like the weighing him down and and his ship is going through lots of hardships and everything is terrible and he had such a great life long story even longer there's a moment in the midst of all that chaos where he looks out at the algae or something in the water and he notices that within all the chaos and everything going wrong there is something beautiful and in that moment that that little bit of beauty uh the albatross actually comes off his neck and his life changes and so i would offer that let's say you are in an environment where you don't have the ability to change the lighting or you don't have the ability to change your environment Look for little tiny, tiny things that you can be grateful for. I remember distinctly or that you find beautiful. And so you connect to the higher purpose of what it is you're trying to do there, even if it's just to make money to provide for your family or to invest in something or, you know, just to survive, right? You look at your higher purpose. And then on the day-to-day, minute-to-minute, I mean, I remember literally watching somebody scream at me when I was working at retail and just being amazed at the vein on their forehead. And for some reason, mm-hmm. watching that vein just sort of distance, sort of, I, I, I don't know if that's a trauma response or whatever it is, but magically, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. his red face and his, uh, that vein, um, it just all, it just made everything more interesting. And the less I reacted, the quieter he got. And then he thanked me and left. And so I do think, if you don't have the ability to change much in your environment, iron your uniform, put on your favorite nail polish if you're allowed, uh, take a second to, I don't know, enjoy uh, like some deep breathing before you go in and look for mm-hmm. tiny little moments in the day to be more positive. And a gratitude list genuinely helps. I remember and, and sharing what you're mm-hmm. grateful for with other people can also help if uh, you find those supportive people in your office and you never know you could be the person who makes that sort of trendy. Um, Mm -hmm. So before I go into the mission for the week um, or for the next couple of weeks, Brianna, did you have anything you wanted to add? I think just, um, just that there are, even in those spaces where we don't have a lot of control, um, as you said, finding those little things that we can do that will help us um, big or small just finding ways that we can have that influence over our environment uh, can do so much to support a positive attitude at work. And I think the last thing would just be know that it's okay too if your attitude about work or at work isn't always positive, isn't always sunny. That's perfectly natural. Absolutely. Mine never was. So this week... (laughs) This week's mission is to think of one thing you can do this week to help you be more positive at work. And we'd love to hear from you. And now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveview, podcast.com and click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail. Yes, and new episodes come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.